32. In the Gospel of Luke, fifth chapter, we have Jesus speaking. And, and he says this statement here. This statement is very profound because this is what his main ministry was. As you're still turning there, this is, this is Jesus is, is, makes this statement after, after he, he sat down with a tax collector. And this tax collector, you know, was as Levi. And this, he was not only just a tax collector, but he became a disciple of Christ. And yet the, the people that saw this tax collector, they did not like this tax collector. They talked bad about him because he was a traitor to his own people. They called him a sinner because oftentimes the tax collectors would cheat in order to get more money for themselves for their own income. And so they said, Jesus, how, how can you sit down with the sinner? So Jesus decided to let, let them know why he came. Verse 32 says, I came not to call the righteous, but sinners to repentance. He said, I did not come to call the righteous, but sinners to repentance. You see, God is calling us, Jesus is calling us, but are you answering? We're going in the wrong direction. We're going someplace we should not be going, but yet Jesus says, I'm calling you to come on back. I'm calling you to come back home, to change, to repent. So you're thinking, what does repentance mean? Repentance means to have a change of mind, to finally decide that no longer... Am I going to do what I used to do? But I'm now going to do what God wants me to do. You're going to try to line your life up with the word of God. And, and when you compare your life to the word of God, I believe you'll find out how often times we fall short. So where does repentance come from? It comes from us acknowledging that we're wrong. We have to know that we are wrong. I had to, had to, I had to finally figure out that I was going the wrong direction. I was driving and driving on the expressway, trying to find my exit to Peoria. And it would say, a couple more exits towards Galesburg. I said, wait a minute. This is the wrong direction. I was about to go to a destination I did not want to go. So I realized I had to get off on that exit on Galesburg and turn back around and hopefully find an exit towards Peoria. I, I had no idea where I was going. I was lost. Jesus realized that there's lost people in this world. And, and he realized that they're so lost that they don't know the right way. So he said, I came so that they can know the right way. And Jesus said, I came so those that are lost, they can be found. He says here, I did not come for the righteous, but I've come for those who, to repent. He wants sinners to repent. Think about this. How oftentimes do you go to a church and, and yet you're going to have people there that are so holy than thou and make you feel like you are nothing? You don't want to be around those people. You don't want to be around those folks that make you feel like you're lower than them. But Jesus says, I didn't come for those holy than thou righteous folks. I didn't come for them. They may feel all good about themselves, but I came for the sinners, and I want you to repent. Why? Because Jesus loves a humility. We have righteous people who are self-righteous. They're righteous by their own standards. They're righteous because how they dress and how they come to church and, and how they can, they can quote Bible scriptures left and right. But yet they're not living them. You see, Jesus calling us to him. He's calling us to him. We're going to jump around the text a little bit. I, I want us to, uh, to jump to 1 John and 2nd chapter. 
Jesus is, is, is taught, taught us to be the light, for he, is the, he taught us to be the light of the world and the salt of the earth. And so in this teaching, we're going to see that how the, uh, in the, this letter from the, the Apostle John, how he's trying to encourage us to be light because Christ is light. In 1 John, second chapter, verse 9, it says this, He that said he is in the light and hateth his brother is in darkness, even until now. He that loveth his brother abideth in the light, and there is none occasion of stumbling in him. But he that hateth his brother is in darkness, and walketh in darkness, and knoweth not whither he goeth, because that darkness hath blinded his eyes. I write unto you, little children, because your sins are forgiven. I'm sorry, your sins are forgiven you for his name's sake. So let's look at this. Jesus walks, so we will know, Jesus lives, so we should no longer live in the light. I mean, live in darkness, but live in the light. Jesus is light, so we should walk in the light. But the Bible says that when we walk in darkness, we're not of him. And, and when we walk in darkness, we are hating one another. Because if God is love, in the light there is love. But yet, when we're in darkness, says we're causing stumbling. Look at verse 10. It says, He that loveth his brother abideth in the light, and there is none occasion of stumbling in him. But when you're in darkness, you can't see where you're going. You know, you, even your house. You live in your house. You may know your house, you know, inward and outward, but you turn off the lights, you stub your toe. You knock over things because it's darkness. You, you still may be familiar with your house, but you're bumping into things because it's dark. You don't know where you are going. When we are living in our lives and we're not walking in the light of Jesus, we're walking in darkness. Tell somebody, you're walking in darkness. And, and when you're walking in darkness, you realize there's things happening in your life you do not want to have happen. You get hurt. You get injured. Why? Because we're lost. But yet, you know, why did they invent lighthouses? So that when ships are cast off at sea, they can see light and they can see the shore so they won't crash against the shore. So lives will not be lost. But yet Jesus is saying this, why are you out there in the darkness? Here I am, the light. I, I want you to walk in the light and see safety in your life. When the, the lighthouse lets them see oncoming danger, Satan is trying to distract us. He wants us to think that Jesus is not the reason for us to live. He wants us to think that money is the reason to live. Sex is the reason to live. Getting rich and having a big house is the reason to live. But yet Jesus says that all these things will perish. He's saying that, that you should not try to build up treasures for, where, for the, where a robber can steal and a moth and everything can rust and, and go away. But, say, build your, but build your treasures in heaven. Seek ye first the kingdom of God and all his righteousness, and then all these things will be added unto you. See, Jesus is letting us know that success is not basically what you can attain here on this earth. Because why? It can go away. God gives, God can take away. Our success, our, our purpose in life is not based on the things that we have. You can take my house, you can take my car, you can take my clothes, but glory be to God, you can't take eternity away from me. Because he died in order for me to live. He didn't die for me to have a big house and big car. He didn't die for me to be on TV and let tell everybody buy my book. He died that I will have life more abundantly. Life abundantly does not mean I have an abundant income at the bank account, but life abundantly means I have a, an, a, a, a bank account that has no limits in the kingdom of God. So I've got to realize that life is not based on 
what I can gather down here, but what I am putting up in there. You see here, it says this, he that loveth his brother abideth in the light. What oftentimes gets us in trouble is that we're not listening to the commandment that Jesus gave. Jesus says this, love your neighbor as you love yourself. Oftentimes we love ourselves more than we love anybody else. And when we love ourselves more than anybody else, who do we listen to more? Ourselves. Someone else is telling us the right thing to do, but we say, I already made up my mind. Somebody else is encouraging you to go this way, but just say, this way looks more appealing to me. Jesus is the author and the finisher of our faith. So that means he wrote the beginning. Guess what? He knows the end. But yet he's given us the opportunity to choose. And oftentimes when I choose Sam's way, Sam is going the wrong way. When Sam gets directions and I follow my own directions, I always end up lost. And then I call the people who gave me the directions. And they say, aren't you following directions? Says the directions are no good. But they know they're good because they know how to get to their house. But yet I follow what I thought was right. They said, take a right turn. I said, but this one is this street, so I'm going to go left. I get lost all the time because I think I know where I'm going. But when Sam stops to ask somebody the right direction, I end up there. But yet I wasted time trying to do it my way. Jesus is waiting patiently on us to come the right way. Let's, let's look. Let's, let's, let's see how even more we've been wrong. If you can turn with me to Ephesians 2nd chapter. And there's a letter to Ephesus that Paul is addressing the saints and, and encouraging us about salvation and how we should live our lives. And, and, and he wants us to realize that where we have come from. If you, if you do not know Christ, you might realize this might be sting you a little bit more. And then if you do know Christ and you're still dealing with these issues, it's going to sting you too. Ephesians 2nd chapter, looking at, starting at verse, verse is this. And you have he quickened who were dead in trespasses and sin. Where in time past you walked according to the course of this world, according to the prince of the power of the air, the spirit that now worketh in the children of disobedience. Let's talk about Satan here, saying that, that at one point we're living in the world and we're just, just being disobedient, just as Satan wants us to be disobedient, living in darkness, blind, confused, not knowing the truth, living in the lies and the deceits of the enemy. But yet, look at verse 3, among whom also we all had our conversation times past in the lust of our flesh. We know we, 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 it says conversation is talking about the way of living. So when we, we, we were in darkness, we were fulfilling our life in darkness. The desires of the flesh and the mind and where by nature the children are wrath even as others. And, and what is it that means? When we're living in sin, we're living in the wrong direction. We are children of wrath. What does that mean? That means that God's wrath is coming upon you. The wage of sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life through Christ Jesus. I want us to understand, yes, we serve a loving God, but also that loving God also will punish disobedience. You have to, you have to acknowledge that. You have to accept that because he will bless you when you obey. But guess what? When you disobey him, punishment is right there. I want you to understand there are consequences for your actions, for your choices. There are good consequences and there's bad consequences. But God... But I love the butts. But God, who was rich in mercy, for his great love wherewith he loved us, 
even when we were dead in sins, hath quickened us together with who? By grace you are. So you see here that, that because of God, because of God, we were lost. We were going the wrong way. But yet Jesus came, why? For sinners to what? Repent. For the kingdom of God is near. Jesus came to said, I know you're going the wrong way. God saw you going the wrong way. Jesus told Nicodemus, for God so loved the world. He gave his only begotten son that whomsoever believe in him shall not perish but have everlasting life. And so Jesus said, God saw you going in the wrong direction. We want you to turn around. Make a U-turn. Make a 180 degree turn. Leave where you're going behind you and come towards me. Because my God is rich in mercy. He wants to see you live a better life. And, and, and even that, if you go to 2 Chronicles 7, chapter, verse 14, it says, If my people, which are called by my name, will humble themselves, pray and seek my face, and turn from the wilderness, then I will hear from heaven and hear the lands. He wants you to understand that when you repent, you will turn from your wicked ways. And, and then there's a condition on that repentance, and it's a great condition. He says, then I will hear from heaven. And heal the land. See, we have sickness in our lives because of sin. What do you mean sickness? I mean, my, 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 my life is not the best it could be because I'm letting sin run my life. I, I wake up depressed because I'm living in a sinful life. I have a sinful habit. I know I should have let go a long time ago, but it's still on my back. Because I haven't fully given it to Christ. We sing the song, I surrender all to Jesus. But yet, I haven't surrendered this sinful habit. Lord, I, I do this on the weekend, but I give you my Sunday morning. See, I need to realize that, Lord, when I repent, you will hear from heaven and heal me. But Lord, I'm holding on to this dark crevice in my life. And when this darkness in my life, this pocket of my life, I'm stumbling and falling. Sin hinders relationships. Jesus wants us to realize that when we turn, that means just leave it behind. Leave it behind. Change your mind. Make it an about face. Just give it up. You tried to fix it out on your own, but guess what? You can't fix it. You thought you could help out this person, but guess what? You can't help them. They're hurting you and you're hurting them. You're hurting each other together. You need to separate and go your separate ways. You know, we, we stay in relationships. We stay in places. We do things for so long, we think that we're doing it the right way. But guess what? We're going the wrong way. We need to stop thinking, observe what's happening here. Who knows best? Just as that TV show said, Father knows best, right? Our Heavenly Father knows best. He's given us direction. He's given us commandments right here in his holy word of God. And we just, we just jumped through, jumped through some, some specific scriptures here. How Jesus has is, is encouraged us to walk in the light and, and be in the light. Because when we're in the light, we won't stumble and fall. Because when we're in the light, we have power through Jesus. But yet, when we're in darkness, we're confused by who? Satan, the power of this air, trying to get us to fulfill the lust of the flesh. When we're going on the wrong way, it's like going to an amusement park for our flesh. The flesh enjoys every ride it can get on. And some of you may, may realize this and, and not until after you get off that ride that you have motion sickness. Because that ride wasn't meant for you to get on to, but you got on it anyway. But afterwards, you're paying the price. You see, Satan gets us so, so, so fooled that we think, oh, that looks enjoyable. 
So I'm going to go ahead and get online and wait and get on this ride. And hey, then, then you say, I don't want to be on this ride anymore. You see, that's how he catches us. He blinds us and confuses us, thinking we're going in the right direction. But Jesus said, hey, I'm over here. I'm right here waiting on you. So that as the story of the prodigal son in Luke 15 chapter, I, I encourage you to look at that chapter. He talks about the lost coin and the lost sheep and the, and the lost son. And, and the Bible says that Jesus is, is, is telling that, that I came for the lost. He's came for us. There's times, there's parts in our lives that we're lost. We're, we're lost how to, how to take care of our finances. We're lost how to raise our children. We're lost how to maintain our marriages. We're lost how to maintain our purity. We're lost in how to abstain from alcohol and drugs. We get lost in these issues sometimes because we think we can handle it. I, I, I can just cross this boundary right here, but yet that boundary right there is just another step to another direction I do not want to go. We need to just say stop and turn around and head in another direction. We need to realize this, that, that I'm trying to fulfill the lust of the flesh, but I want you to understand you will never satisfy your flesh. The flesh will never be satisfied. The flesh wants to get drunk. It wants as much sex as possible. It wants to lie as much as possible. The body loves destruction. Why? Because it's headed towards destruction. Jesus says, I will create a new body, that in a twinkling of eye, we will be changed. So we need to realize that 2 Chronicles 7, 14 says this, that if my people, which are called by my name, will humble themselves, pray and seek my face and turn from the wickedness, then I will hear from heaven. Jesus wants you to realize you're going the wrong way. And then he wants you to be just as Paul. Paul talks about in the first, uh, and I'm sorry, in Philippians third chapter. says says, brothers, I do not consider myself yet to have taken hold of it. But one thing I do, forgetting what is behind and straining towards what is ahead, I press on towards the goal to win the prize for which God has called me heavenward in Christ Jesus. We need to press on towards the mark of the higher calling, which is in Christ Jesus. Why did he die? He died for us to call us to repentance. He died to show us the direction. He died to be the light of the world so we can see in this dark area, in this dark life. Lord, I, I was headed in the wrong direction, but now I'm turning towards the right direction. I want to come back to you, Father. I, I lived my life thinking I was headed in the right way, but nothing positive came out of it. But yet when I trust you, I have peace. When I come to you, I can lay down my burdens and, and lay down my yoke. For your yoke is easy. Your burden is light. When I follow you, Lord, I, I realize that for man it was impossible. With God, all things are possible. I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. When, I, when I'm following you, Lord, I realize that I was headed in the wrong direction, but now I clearly see I'm headed the right direction. As the song sings, and the, the, the verse is an amazing grace, I, I was blind, but now I see. Why? It was grace. It was grace. Ephesians 2, 8 and 9 says, for it's by grace that we have been saved, not by works. 
so that no man can boast. So I'm glad that Jesus died on the cross for our sins because I could not work my way into heaven. Guess what? You cannot either work your way into heaven. But so, so you, you're thinking you're going in the right direction. But I, I, I ask you to compare your life to Jesus. Are you loving your neighbor as much as you love yourself? Are you being forgiving to others? Are you being self-serving to others? Are you eliminating your own self-centeredness and opening yourself up to others? Because when you start asking yourself this question, you start measuring yourself to Jesus. And you're going to see, am I measuring up? Because when we, when we realize we fall short and Jesus is the standard. And that's why we call ourselves Christians and, or call ourselves disciples. Because you want to obey the commandments of Jesus. Jesus has showed us the right way. And he showed it all the way to the cross. He was willing to die on the cross for our sins. And, and, and when they nailed him to the cross, he nailed our sins to the cross. He, he nailed whatever that issue is you're dealing with. Guess what? You can let it go. You don't have to live in that life no longer. You don't have to give in to that life no longer. No longer be a slave to sin, but be free through the liberty of Jesus Christ. That's why you can press on towards the mark. To know the direction that you're going. Because... If you are headed the wrong way, you're headed to death and destruction. But narrow is the gate, and narrow is the path that leads to righteousness. And Jesus said that he is the way, the truth, and the life. No one gets to the Father but through him. Why did he die? He died so that we may be able to have life. And so since he died for us, let us now live for him. Let us now live for him and, and give our full life to him and say, Lord, I'm tired of going this way. I'm turning around. I'm going this way. You have to admit you're wrong. You might have to let go, to, uh, let go of some people in your lives who are heading in the wrong direction. You might have to start hanging out with some people because they're t taking you in the wrong direction. You might have to change some of your habits. You might have to wake up earlier just to make sure you spend more time with God. You know, we need to make sure that, Lord, I'm staying connected to you. Because no prayer, no power. You might want to, you need to open up your word more. Study the soul yourself. Approve the word is made for the perfecting and the building up of the saints. We need to realize that God has called me to build myself up. Because the world's trying to tear you down. The world is trying to beat you down, telling you you're not successful unless you have this, you have that. But Jesus said, just have me. Do you have Jesus? To have him is this, to confess him as your personal Lord and Savior. If you believe that Jesus died on the cross for your sins, you have eternal life. And when you have eternal life, it changes your mentality. It changes your thought process. Because you no longer are you living to gratify the sinful nature of the flesh. But you're living to honor him. And when you honor him and you stay in that light, you see the fruit being produced in your life. You wonder why you have peace at your job when nobody else has peace. You wonder why you, you feel safe when nobody else feels safe. You wonder why you can, you can work things out when you are angry and upset because the peace of Jesus is moving through your life. It's nothing that any man can give you, but only what Jesus can give you. Jesus said, my peace I give you, not as the world give, but as I, your father, your father give it to you. He wants you to have eternal peace, eternal joy. 
And it's all available through Jesus. It's time for us to turn away from whatever direction we were headed that was away from him. And now come towards him. Because it's as in the story of the prodigal son, the father will come out and run and hug you and kiss you. And he won't, he won't, he won't knock you down. He'll build you up. Second Chronicles says, then I will hear from heaven and heal your land. There's blessings when we come back to Christ. There's healing when we come back to Christ. So when you come back, you can experience a new life, a new beginning, better than you ever had before, because Christ is all and all, the Alpha and the Omega. Every head bowed, every eyes closed. Right now, this may be the opportunity you never had before to give your life to Christ. The Bible says if you confess with your mouth and believe in your heart that Jesus Christ is Lord and risen from the dead, you shall be saved. So if that's you, I just want to lead you in this prayer. God knows your heart. Just repeat after me. Saying, dear Lord Jesus, that's right, dear Lord Jesus, I believe you died on the cross for my sins. And you rose again on the third day. And I thank you, Lord, for forgiving me. I thank you, Lord, for saving me. And now, Lord, I'm asking you, I'm inviting you to come into my heart and be my personal Lord and Savior.